Welcome to Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And if you listened to our last episode, you're still sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to hear what happened during our Raelian baptisms. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to hear. Yeah, literally. It's, it's been a little while since we actually had our baptisms. It has now. So what, like a month and a half? It was April 1st. That's right. Right. April 1st. So. Why was it April 1st? That's the day that humanity was created, I think. Right. It was like yeah. the first Sunday of April. In realism, they have like four high holy days. I don't, they mm -hmm. don't call them that, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, important days that are based around specific fixed dates, except for this one that's just kind of the first Sunday in April because that's the creation of the world. Right. And then they have, uh, and it just happened this time to have fallen on April 1st. When right. we got our transmissions Which is done. also April Fool's April Day. April Fool's. I'm trying to remember their other special days, but I know one of them, August 6th, because that is my birthday. Oh, my, my, my. And you brought it up, like, a lot of times while we were there. All right, you're yeah, just jealous. Telling everybody. When I would tell the Raelians that my birthday was August 6th, they were very impressed, I'll have you know. Some of them were, yes. <laughs> How dare you? They were all incredibly impressed. Also, we're both doing the Mormon, <laughs> the Mormon woman pose. We got, got our hands up on our, our chest. Yeah, well, why are we doing that? Oh. I don't know. Okay, anyway. So. Oh, well, the reason August 6th is important is because that is the day in 1945 that the atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. And Typical holy day. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, if the swastika is your symbol inside the Star of David, then why should the bomb at Hiroshima not be your holy day? Actually, there, you know, I don't think we said said last time the what they say about the swastika mm -hmm. is that the swastika originally was a symbol of peace yeah a symbol of peace and Which also is true. that's it, definitely true yeah and it symbolized the infinite and yeah right. that's all well and good but some things, some things to let go i didn't think we mentioned they did adopt like a different symbol for a while yes that actually i like quite well it's this, like this like vortex, vortex yeah, symbol inside of the star of david which actually looks really cool and suggests aliens mm -hmm. and infinity mm -hmm. but it's pretty yeah but after a while rail said no no really i like the swastika Let's go yeah, back to the swastika. Yeah, we're not getting enough press on this. <laughs> exactly. The reason the dropping of the bomb on Hiroshima is important to them is because that symbolized our entry into the nuclear age, and that's when the aliens became interested in us as a modern race, saying, mm. oh, look, they have the technology to destroy themselves or to be great. Right. And, of course, I guess the earlier atomic tests did not count. It was the one that killed lots of people. Right. Their calendar year actually starts on August 6th. Oh, gosh, Ross. Um, what day is August 6th? Is that also important? And some other it's my birthday. It's so great. And so they have their own calendar that starts in 1945, and so they measure dates as after Hiroshima. Right. So on our name tags, it would say 66 AH. Yeah, 66 years after Hiroshima. And, and coincidentally, or not, Ryle was born one like, AH. Yeah, I like think. he was born the year after. Yeah. Yeah, and that had some right. significance as well. Right. That if for some reason that was like an equally holy time because it was one year after. Right. Some someone explained that at some point, but it didn't really make sense to me. Me neither. Mm. So the other dates are October seventh and December thirteenth, mm. and then the first Sunday of April. So okay. there you go. So on that very day, that April first, mm -hmm. 
we looked out into the sky and we said, it shall be the day, 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 day. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, what are, I don't know where you're going. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm waiting to hear. It transmitted, admitted, 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 to the Elohim, him, 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 him. You know what was crazy though, Ross, is that we tried so many times to find out what time this fucking thing right. was. And I kept texting this woman who was part of like, you know, the running of the event. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, oh, just just text me in 20 minutes. I'll know in 20 minutes. They're going to make an announcement. Right. She never knew. And then she kept saying, well, just come to the 8 a.m. meditation. They'll announce it there. No. And we were like, for the love of no. God, <laughs> no more meditating. We can put up with a, a lot. Uh-huh. I, I mean, we have... true. I, as an individual, I pride myself on high tolerance. I can sit through like three hours of sermonizing. Right. Just fine. You yeah, know? well, we did Bring it six on. months with the Mormons, six hours a week of class. Yeah, yeah. And that was fine. That was no big deal. No but, problem. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I was getting physically tired uh-huh. at these Raelian meetings, even with mattresses to lay on. <laughs> and here they're saying, you know, we're there late at night. We're the first to leave the party. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't know, 11 o'clock or something right. like that. And, and they're, they're, they're saying, like, come back come here back at 8. 8 a.m. More meditation. We'll tell you when to go in the baptism. We're like, no. <laughs> we won't be doing that. But we did figure out what time yeah, the actual... Did she get back to you eventually? And... She must have. But we somehow figured out when the actual yeah. transmission was. And we... So we lazily got up on Sunday. And Yeah, and we got there and everyone's already on the bus and they looked at us like, oh... Are you coming you're, along? You're coming along. And they're you scrambling. You haven't been here for the last four hours while we've been homing. And they're, sc- <laughs> and they're like scrambling. Oh, do we need to make room for you on the bus? And right. and uh, we had decided, no, no. Uh, Spencer's gonna drive his own car. We'll right. follow you. So what did we wear, Carrie? So, oh yeah, good question. So for every baptism, you are asked to wear all white. Yeah, you're encouraged to wear white. Mm-hmm. Not everybody did. No, not everybody did. We did. We did. Yeah, we wore all white. I had bought a shirt that I was sure was going to be a dress. I was sure it was just barely long enough, but it turned out it wasn't. And then no. I had to buy white shorts. Mm-hmm. 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 Well done. Thank you. That would have been rather scandalous. Though, actually, not amongst them. They would have thought yeah, that was they fine. they would have been like, They would have been like, way to express yourself. High yeah. five. <laughs> Bam. So what were you wearing? White? Oh, oh, you looked like a Mormon. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I always look like a Mormon. Yeah, that's right. I had the white pants, off-white dockers kind of uh-huh. thing, and then a blindingly white dress shirt. You're like the most dressed Long sleeve. I know. I really felt overdressed. <laughs> I really did. And I didn't have white shoes, so it was black shoes. What can you do? Oh, well. Before we talk about actually getting to the place where we got our transmission, mm-hmm. what exactly is a transmission, Ross? I'm glad you asked. A transmission, kind of like a control S for your life. Uh It's the way to be saved in realism. And they also call it a baptism, but they call it a demystified baptism. And so the idea is that they're taking the mystery out of what baptism has been all along. And what it really is, is to transmit your cellular information to the Elohim. Mm-hmm. So they can reconstitute your body in the hereafter. You know, they don't believe in a metaphysical afterlife, but they believe that literally on a planet somewhere else, you will be recreated. And not just your DNA, not just that genetic blueprint, but all of you, your memories. 
and all of that is saved. Which is interesting because they basically say they do it through cloning, but, you know, we know cloning is just taking my DNA and making a duplicate, but I don't feel like I am that duplicate. Mm. But they, they say that your consciousness goes with it. This is additional information, right. right. And so why, Carrie, then, would they have to do it on a specific day? Why would it be important to do it That's on a good question. one of these four important days? <laughs> it's because there are particular times when the Elohim in their spacecraft are traveling the closest to Earth. Yes. And that's one of those days. And so <laughs> and so I was wondering, <laughs> well, about how close is that? You know, and I'm picturing right. them being, you know, just like in the upper ionosphere or something, you know, like really close by. And <laughs> someone told me like, oh, around Jupiter. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, it's still pretty far away in my book, but yeah. yes. it's a lot closer than their planet. It, I mean, it seems awfully close to me, really. Because, I mean, if they can get that far, why can't they just come to Earth? You know what I mean? Like, they would have yeah. to be from so far away. Right. And they're, and they're only, like, the a little over a light year system. away. <laughs> right. And then they get to our solar system, and they're, like, just going to hang low near Jupiter. Like, mm. why wouldn't you just, just go for it? Just shit or get well, off the pot, well, Elohim. And, and here's kind of a plot hole in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, the, in the narrative. And that's that when you ask them, like, well, what if you kind of transmit yourself when you're... 29 and then you know years later you've added new memories Mm -hmm. what are you do you get baptized again do you have this demystified baptism over and over again and no no you don't because they are constantly updating their copy of Mm -hmm. you and so the question is well then if they're able to do that then why do you need to go through the whole ceremony at all so you have your information transmitted to the Elohim, they have it in a database, and they even refer to it as a computer where they're saving you. Right. And they can bring you back later. But that doesn't really guarantee that you will be reconstituted on that other planet. Well, because you just may not be up to snuff. You know, they want the mm-hmm. best people, mm-hmm. essentially. So, you know, it's a little bit of a, I don't know, meritocracy or right. a, a sort of selective thing Which going on. probably calls back to the genius thing. I would expect that the people that they say are right. the geniuses, the ones who love the most, those are probably right. the ones who get get reborn. So on this momentous day, we get in our car, we drive out into the desert, mm-hmm. and we keep driving. Yeah. And then we say, boy, this is a ways out. And then we keep driving. <laughs> it was really pretty. It was uh- beautiful, but there was a point where I was like, is this like three hours from nowhere and we're with people who think that we were seated by aliens? Is that where we are right now? Well, and my main question was, really, is there no park closer to Las Vegas that you could choose? Right. Yeah, I know. We kept saying that. There has to be a park in Vegas. Come on, guys. Right. And it's Sunday. We're thinking about stuff we've got to do back in L.A. If we can get back in time, got work the next day. And like, we're driving the wrong way. Mm-hmm. We're driving... We are leaving Las Vegas away from L.A. Yeah. And so... But we found out why. Because it's gorgeous. It's absolutely... gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I got to hand it to them for picking a really beautiful spot. And people can see pictures of it on our Facebook. Indeed. Uh, and so it was in the Valley, Valley of... Valley of Fire. That's awesome. And the particular part of the Valley of Fire that we were in, I believe, is called Seven Sisters. They're referring to the Pleiades. Sure, okay. So it was this beautiful Red Rock Park. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Carrie let me borrow her camera, and I just started taking pictures right and left. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, give me my camera back. <laughs> 
And so we finally got there, and I was relieved to see that there were other people there, which was nice. We ate some lunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. My lunch blew away. Oh, so sad. <laughs> yeah, and Raelians, a lot of them are vegetarians, uh-huh. and yet they only had this one dish. Yeah, present, that was like chicken meat and dish. rice. Yeah. Yeah, and so all you got to have was salad. At least they had salad. But yeah, then I like put it on my plate. And then I don't know what I was thinking. It was a very windy place. Very and I was like, day. I'm just going to set this down and oh. Whoosh. And then it, it went as if, you know, a, a pack of papers in a sitcom, you know, oh no. But it was <laughs> right. all lettuce with <laughs> dressing all over it, flying all over people. That was great. So we, we ate our lunch and we climbed on the rocks a bit. And there were like people climbing on the rocks, just sort of taking off their clothes and showing people their boobs. Well, yeah, that one gal, Missy. Uh-huh. A very attractive young lady, mm-hmm. very nice body. And so I looked behind us. We were having a conversation. I see <laughs> she's got her top up, and then she's kind of shaking her butt at uh-huh. the people down below uh-huh. on the rock. So I point this out to Spencer. Who <laughs> <It> runs over. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, wait, let me get a picture. While we were eating, mm-hmm. that was a perfectly good time for us to read the paperwork that we mm, signed. Yes. Uh, so you have to sign this official paperwork mm-hmm. to officially become Raelian and to apostatize yourself from any previous religions that you may have belonged to. Yeah, the, the title of the document is Act of Apostasy for All Non-Christians Except Jews and Atheists. So let's see. It asks me, it says, I, the undersigned, first name, last name, address, email, home phone, cell phone, birth date, birth place... My mother's first name and last name. Oh my goodness. I gave them all my real information, except... Except your mom. My mother's maiden name. Yeah, same here. I gave all the right information, except my mother, I made Louise Monaco, who's a friend of ours. Woo! Hi! Yay, Louise! (laughs) And it says, I do hereby certify that I do not wish to continue to be a member of the blank religion. We wrote Mormon. Yeah. Because I have now understood and acknowledged the existence of the Elohim as described by the Raelian movement. According to the International Declaration of Human Rights, I wish to follow the philosophy of my choice and to have this choice be respected as I respect the religious choices of others, including the choice of atheism. I have made this decision in all lucidity, and I insist that this should not hinder my rights as a citizen, neither now nor in the future. Consequently, I make this act of apostasy in the presence of the two undersigned witnesses. Then we signed each other's, Mm -hmm. and... uh woman helping us sign it as well yeah she signed it and uh, that's interesting uh you know having to sign a declaration of atheism i've never heard of such a thing before yeah do you think they consider this i guess they would consider this itself a declaration of atheism yeah yeah well that you know that's what it says there in the language yes well yeah it says including that but there we go Um, so while we were eating our meals trying mm -hmm. to keep them from blowing away we were also signing these papers and asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. We we're, were trying to ask some probing questions. We were also talking to the people at the table with us. And then after we did that, she talked to us kind of at length about what would happen. But then we went up on one of the bluffs and this other guy said, oh, come on down. If you're going to get your transmission, we want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So we went back and we heard a lot of the same stuff over. Yeah. And it, he was another one who just likes to talk and talk right. and talk. They also asked us if we had questions. We were like, we do. Yes, we do. We have some questions. The, the one that stands out the most to me is I said, this is the only time I think I lied, but I said that I had a twin sister and if they uploaded my DNA, then, oh. you know, would it would they be confused between mine and hers? Right, right. 
They said no. Yeah. Well, I think I even joined in with them. Like, well, well you know, they're <laughs> uploading your memories too, Carrie. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we asked him about the whole geniocracy thing and like, well, how do you define genius? Mm-hmm. And he had just, even like the previous day, I think, been promoted to a level four guide mm-hmm. within realism. There's like this hierarchy of positions and you start out as a level zero trainee and you work your way up. And so for a while you're like an assistant guide and then you're a trainee guide. And so he had just become like a bona fide guide. And so, you know, he carries a little bit of weight in his answers. And so his answer for what a genius is, and very clearly in the original books, is talking about someone of high, high intelligence, IQ, as intelligence. we normally test it. He was saying, no, no, it's, it's whoever loves the most. Right. Which, you know, I would suspect that Ryle would be the... Progenitor of that claim. Right. Well, yes, but also the meter stick by which you would judge oh, right. who loves who the loves most. Who loves the most. Yes. Sure, of course, because he has to be tippy-top. Right, right. And there was a guy sitting at the table with us who was kind of nervous. Of- oh, yeah. He's like, oh, well, look, I've got all these other talismans from all these other religions I've joined. And we're kind of thinking, hey, we kind of want to hear. What's up? Let's hear your stories. Yeah, (laughs) yo, dude, let's talk. Uh, But, yeah, he was saying, I don't know if I can do this in all all sincerity because I don't want to renounce my other beliefs. Right. And so, yeah, he was really and, conflicted and ended up talking himself out of it. Yeah, he did. And and to the credit of the Raelians, oh, they, no pressure. they said, oh, yeah, no problem. You don't have to do it now. They also said it can mean as much as you want it to mean. If if you want to do this once and you never come to another Raelian meeting, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to join the the hierarchy, what did they call it? Now? The structure. If you want to join the structure, that's fine. Yeah, that's when you start working your way up that list of, of guides. Right. But, you know, this can mean whatever you want it to mean. And if you're not ready now, no big deal. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. They did really say, you know, hey, if we never see you again, that's mm-hmm. okay. But you want to do this one thing. But, oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. And they said specifically, like, you don't have to give us money. You don't have to you know, be a tithing member or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And there was another guy sitting at the table with us, and he had been a longtime member of a competing alien group. Right. I had never heard of, you'd heard of them before. Yes, it was. It sounded like OSHA. I kept thinking of the office safety hazard. Yeah, I think it's OSHO. (laughs) OSHO, that's it. He was saying he'd been part of that, and he was saying, well, I don't want to renounce that because it's just about love, and, you know, I, I shouldn't have to denounce that, and... Uh, the guy who was talking to him, our our guide there, was saying, oh, no, no, you don't have to. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be competing. It seems like their leaders had the same ideas at the same time. When Osho was brought up, they didn't seem to flinch at all. So mm. who knows? I was really proud of myself. <laughs> After we signed these acts of apostasy, we had to sign two identical forms. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I took them and I put them in my copy of Intelligent Design. Mm-hmm. As we came back to Spencer, I said what i was able to get and i showed him the two sign <laughs> the signed forms that we had it's like oh my goodness you took it from him? that's so awesome <laughs> and, and so like we're, you know he was all proud of us for having absconded with these documents <laughs> and just signed and then of course i revealed that they were copies but right. i was very proud for <laughs> having gotten him that's so uh, so in on the uh, the intrigue so at this point after a long talk, we went up on the mountain. We mm-hmm. went up to the mountain. Called us. Okay, we're getting ready because they were waiting for a very specific time. It was, what, 3 o'clock, I yeah, think? Yeah, 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And they were, of course, having these uh, same events all over the world. So, yeah, at the local time in each... It doesn't really make sense with the Jupiter thing, does it? That they're, that they're traveling n- by local time, but they're over by Jupiter. <laughs> 
I which would, has to, I mean, has to line up with some part of the earth at that particular moment. It's so funny. My brain wants to like find an explanation <laughs> right. for them, but I'm just going to put a stop to it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they'd explain that. Um, so, so we go up to this top of the mountain and there's the sort of higher members of the hierarchy are standing around and, um, and it's a, it's a who's who of their little yeah. community. You've yeah, got yeah. the North American guide, you've got Jessica. Yeah. yeah, Jessica and Randy. <laughs> and Brigitte. They're holding a bowl of water. Yes. And why is it important, one, to have water, Ross? And mm-hmm. why also mm-hmm. is it very important that you're not bald? <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> of course, you're sending information, sure. right? yeah. To the Elohim. Uh-huh. So what do you normally have when you send information? An antenna. Oh, sure. Okay, sometimes. Okay. Not always. And... <laughs> And so, of course, your hair is an antenna. Oh, okay. And don't question the logical steps I took to get there. Just accept uh-huh. that. So what if you're bald, Ross? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, well, Samson had lots of hair, and it gave him a strong connection to the Elohim. And when his hair was cut, he lost his strength. So that underlies the, the whole point about the antenna. But I don't know what you're supposed to do when you're bald. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Maybe they do it off your eyebrows. <laughs> well, there are bald members of realism, mm-hmm. so they don't say anything about it. They just, you know. And our friend Spencer is herically challenged, <laughs> he follically challenged. Indeed, and he, yes. and he cuts it pretty close to his head. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that didn't seem to be a sticking point. Mm-hmm. And Rael. Is himself balding. Yeah, real. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I had thought about that too yeah. during all of this. That okay, it's supposed to be this uh, symbol of strength and connection to the Elohim, and the founder of this movement is bald, 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 bald on the bald, top. Yeah. And then he grows like the hair that comes off the side of his head really right. long, and then ties That's, it up in this mm-hmm. funny little ponytail, mm-hmm. or whatever you would call that. It's not even a ponytail. It's like this yeah, little mini bun like on the top of his head. I don't know what to call it. It looks strange. It goes well with his outfit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I guess it's not a total prerequisite. But there were guys who had, like, super long hair. And you mm-hmm. could tell they were pretty proud of that. Like, look at my antenna. Mm-hmm. What else do they do to help you transmit? Well, they get you wet. That's right. They get you wet. <laughs> they take a bowl of water and they put their hands in the water. Get their hand nice and mm-hmm. moist. And then they put one hand on your forehead and one hand on the back of your neck. Yep. And then they think really hard with their eyes closed. Yes. Like you do. (laughs) I don't know what they're thinking. But you actually had one of the trainees. I did. Who was doing uh, his first attempt at a baptism. And he, this seemed to be the first time anyone was telling him how to do it because Randy was whispering to him as he did it, like, okay, put your hand here and then put your other hand there. Right. Randy's kind of grabbing onto the guy who had his hands on your forehead and Uh the back of the neck to kind of help the whole process. Facilitate the energy or whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope this guy didn't screw it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I hope my DNA's there. Yeah. A supercomputer. What if only part of it's there? What if he only sent some of it? Then there's going to be. And I just this... have all my shitty memories. Right. There's just going to be this kind of floating head. Maybe you'll get like a torso. Who knows? I'm going to be like the dad on Out of This World. Remember, they can keep updating your backup over time. So I'm sure they'll fill in the missing data. I don't know. I'm pretty worried about it now. Okay. I'm going to write a letter. But it's funny because really, it's being saved. <laughs> you know, it, like right. very yeah, literally, yeah. you yeah. are. 
And they even use that analogy that's like, you know, saving a file on a computer. Right, right, Doing right. it with your whole body. Yeah, like the, the evangelical notion of being saved. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but very literally, you were being saved. Right. So, yeah, Carrie had hers done. They uh, call, call us up one, one at a time. Yeah, by name. Your name. They've got a little improvised microphone system set up, mm-hmm. a loudspeaker. Yeah, so you came up there, and they had told us it was okay to film this portion. Right. And so we did. So we did, and... And I was taking pictures of you as you had this done. And then this little old lady got really mad at me. Oh, yeah. Forgot about her? Yeah, she told you that only the official people with Ten the... other people snapping pictures right. ferociously. That... Somehow it was okay for them, but not me. Right, my... but not you. And they had told us beforehand that it was okay to take pictures and videos. So we were right. like, what the hell? But I didn't want to start an argument with this little right. old lady then and there but yeah then she kind of gave you a hard time when you were trying to take pictures of me yeah i think she did yeah so we ended up just with a couple pictures but we do have video which people can see by going to youtube.com slash ono ross and carrie so i was called up soon after you were Mm -hmm. and uh this time randy did me himself you know he did (laughs) he did the uh transmission so i guess maybe they realized that this trainee guy was underperforming so maybe (laughs) maybe you should worry about an incomplete transmission oh maybe (laughs) you know he did the same thing kind of putting his hand on my forehead and the back of my neck and you know kind of looked deeply into my eyes a little awkward you know Mm -hmm. he's he's a very good looking man i think we mentioned before yeah so there we are face to face and you know then he closes his eyes and and i just I was thinking at that moment, like, I don't think he really believes this. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, he would be one of the people that I wouldn't be sure about. Yeah. I don't um, know. There's something in his eyes the way he was looking. It's like, he probably thinks I'm silly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, of course, this is all speculation. Oh, total don't speculation. Know. Don't know. It's speculation. We don't know. Big time. We don't know. We, we didn't even mention the other connection with Randy that we didn't put together till later. But at the Happiness Academy... Every single time there was a break. <laughs> be happy. If uh, you want to. Yeah, if you want to. Just be happy for no reason. It, it would be the song that would come out of it, just play in the background. Happy, happy, happy. And so they'd just play the song on loop and it would get stuck in your head. Be happy for no reason. Don't need a reason to be happy. There's a smile inside of you Don't be so sad, what's the matter, you? Just take a look around and shut up And I love that it was so similar that what it draws to mind is that song from the... I mean, I know it's also a song, but it's the song made famous from the Big Mouth Billy Bass that you, like, push the button on it and the fish comes off. Our listeners will know. Back me up, listeners. Okay. It's like this fake fish on a plaque as if you've hung up a fish right <laughs> the fake fish on a plaque called big mouth billy bass you push a button and the fish like instead of lying flat on the plaque it turns towards you and starts singing a song oh, okay I've and seen almost those. I've all seen of those. them sing okay. don't worry be happy now 
Okay, that famous song. All right. <laughs> anyway. So that's what is, you think of when you hear it. This is similar enough that similar I thought song. of the Big Mouth Billy Bass <laughs> So every time we'd hear this song and it would get like just drilled into our heads. And so it wasn't until later that I went looking for this song and I realized mm-hmm. that he's the one who sang it. Like, Randy is. He's a, yeah, he's like a pop star in France. I don't know how popular he is. But yeah, it was his song, and they would be playing it during the uh, intermissions every chance they could possibly get. Amazing. You know, one other thing we were wearing through this whole process was a colored band. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. Um, Because at this seminar, there's a lot of free love going on. Mm -hmm, There are people, and they are touching the other people. They encourage that, indeed. And so what you got to do is... You gotta let people know whether you want the touchy touchies or the stay awayies. You know they were uh, they were kind of clever about it. Actually, I think they yeah. they worked out a system so you could advertise exactly what your sexual preferences were and what you were looking for and what for. kind of sexual contact you wanted at the meeting. When we had signed up, they gave us these packets and one of the pieces of paper in it, which I didn't get to until like that evening when we went to the banquet, was this piece of paper that explained these little colored pieces of yarn right. in the packet. We'd been wondering about, what's up with the colored yarn? What are yeah, you supposed to do with like it? like a lanyard. <laughs> <Yeah. Friendship> bracelet. <laughs> so there's this piece of paper, and it outlines what to do with these colored bracelets that they've given us. And they start with a quote from Rail himself saying, We have been created for pleasure, and sexuality is one of the best means to reach it. You have received some colored strings, white, green, red, pink, purple, and black. We encourage you to wear one or more of these during the seminar. Don't underestimate the power of these little strings, smiley face. Smiley face. Among other things, wearing these lets us question ourselves regarding our personal tastes and desires, what we are truly comfortable with, and to ask ourselves why. These, of course, also give us the possibility to let everyone else perceive at just a glance our tastes and desires, and in that way, facilitate an easier communication with others. So, what do these colors mean? If you wear a white bracelet, that means you do not seek any sexual soliciting. Actually, that means you do no seek any sexual Oh, it does say you do no seek. (laughs) I was translating for them. (laughs) Green means that you seek an exclusive sexual relation. Red means that you are open to any soliciting, meetings, and sexual experiments. They have to put experiments in there. That makes us want to try it. Uh Pink means that you have a preference for a same-sex encounter. Purple means that your preferences are bisexual. And black means that you are under 18 and that you do not seek any sexual relations with adults. Yeah. Good uh, call. All right. I I have a problem, though, with that wording. I know you did. I didn't really, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Black means that you are under 18, comma, and that you do not seek any sexual relations with adults. It should have just been period after it means that you are under 18. I think they meant and therefore that you do not seek any sexual relations with adults. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, the, and then it says you can mix them up if you like. So you can say, I'm only looking for same sex and I'm only looking for a monogamous encounter, say. And that would be pink and green together. Yeah, so I was like, thank God when I saw this, and I immediately put on... Because you were a little worried, weren't you? A little, yeah. You know, because there just seemed to be just groping happening without any prior verbal communication. And everybody was very touchy-feely at this conference, so people Mm -hmm. would come up and hug you. You know, Mm -hmm. Sky Wolf Gang would come up and be like, oh, hello, wrap his arms around me, and we'd have this long hug. Oh, thanks, hi. (laughs) Yeah. Love you, too. (laughs) So, yeah, I put the white on right away to Mm -hmm. say no thank you. 
Yeah, I, I wore green that night to say I seek an exclusive sexual relation. Which was clever because then if someone did solicit you, you could say... You are not the one I'm looking for. Or <laughs> You are not the droid I'm really looking for. really sad. <laughs> but you could say I've already been approached. Oh, remember. yeah, yeah. That was Absolutely. My suggestion. Yeah, yeah, very clever. So after our transmissions were complete, we were pretty much done for the day. We just kind of said, okay, thanks, yeah, guys. I, uh, I helped them put put back the chairs and the tables and then we're just kind of loafing around like um yeah i guess everybody's just kind of so wrapping up we'll go back to our regular non-alien-y lives uh-huh. uh, see you guys yeah bye and it was very just non-climactic you know like mm-hmm. everybody's just kind of doing their own thing now and not paying attention to us so we're like right. mm, i guess we're done yep so we left so ross ross is it mm-hmm. there's one thing that we don't always get to delve into with these investigations, and it's partly because we're usually in them for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Even if we spend five or six months with these people, we can't have the experience that someone does who spends ten years with them. But from what we can understand, what might be some of the harm associated with royalism? <sighs> so what is the harm? Well, we talked with a few people, and we've heard other stories about uh, sexual abuse and manipulation within the ranks of realism which you know are alleged we don't know if they're true right there but there are lots of them and anyone can google ryle sex abuse or anything like that and you'll come up with lots of these stories and again we're not saying they're true but the number of them is pretty startling and uh, of course we did not experience any of that ourselves nope in our uh, time with the raylands nope so ryle also had a wife and kids when he went on his journey um, from what I understand anyway. Mm-hmm. He went on his journey up the mountain and met the aliens. I read at least one interview with his wife where she described some really awful emotional things she went through, um, you know, after he decided that he had been chosen by the aliens. She at least held in this interview that he, like, forced her to watch him have sex with other women in their house and things like that. Right, and to, like, play a subservient role. Like, go get me a sandwich while I'm having sex with this other woman. Yeah. So, yeah, she spoke out and was uh, said that she was very damaged by that. And I actually asked one of them, one of the Raelians about that, said I read that he had had a wife when this whole thing began, where she and that person said, oh, she came to his birthday the other year. She's totally on board with the whole thing. So hmm. I'm not sure what their official stance is on her. Right. We've got a little he said, she said going on. We also don't really know what the situation is with Ryle's finances. We know that he seems to be doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, travels a lot. Travels a lot, always in like fairly fancy attire. Um, and when we tried to figure out exactly like where the money's going and is any of it being channeled to Ryle, we couldn't really tell. Mm. So um, we would love to hear from people who have insight on that as well. Yeah, I see a little bit of transparency there. As for other harms... We've heard from some people who were in realism for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, One woman we heard from was even involved for 11 years, and they all had pretty negative reactions to their time within realism. So, you know, uh, that's all very secondhand. We can't really speak to any of that because it was a very cursory level of involvement that we had. Right. Uh, One of the emails she sent us, though, an article talking about the German government issuing this advice to fathers to basically sexually stimulate their one- to three-year-old daughters. daughters. Yeah, saying that it was helpful for their sexual development and sense of self. Right. And that it's okay, you know, for 
the daughters to be touching their fathers as well and arousing them. That right. That's all just natural and healthy. And, and there's a note, uh, or allegedly from Rael at the top, encouraging this this kind of activity. Right, only saying you know that these negative Judeo-Christian values uh, kind of make people react too harshly to this kind of finding or this kind of uh, news item. Uh, yeah, made us a little uncomfortable there, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. As for um, other experiences, both positive and negative, we will be talking to to some folks in our interview session and hear some more stories then. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay, but Ross, but yes. Ross, yes. before we go on, mm -hmm. I think we have some people to thank. Oh my goodness, we have a lot of people to thank. I know, we got a lot of donors Some this very, month. very generous donors. We have a few shout-outs to give, and for everybody who gave us $50 or more on this list, we'll also send you your own special haiku. Yes. So the first one is to Catherine. I'm going to guess this is Borgo, and she's from Quebec. Hello, Woo. Catherine! Catherine, Woo. thank you! Woo. Uh, also, Amber Vos from Crescent City, California. I don't know if it's Vos or Voss. I should know, because I actually know Amber, oh, but really? it's her married name. I knew her her maiden name. Well, thank you, Amber Voss, as well. Woo! And hi to her husband as well. I know he's a fan too. Yeah. Then the next person, I swear this is the name that he put down on his <laughs> on his donation form. James Coomer Coomer. Yeah. When one Coomer's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> and also Jeremy Elson from Seattle. Woo! Yeah. And Martin Dempsey, who may or may not be related to Patrick Dempsey, but whether he is or not, has been hearing that for the last 10 years. I'm sure he's better looking. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And also Randall Raymond. Woo! Randall Raymond. And Bob Lalonde, whose name reminds me of Bob Lapa from Arrested Development. Oh, right, right. Bob Lapa. <laughs> from British Columbia. Woo! Woo! Bob. And uh, Gordon Reed from San Mateo, California. Gordon! And from Claire Knowlton to Michael Schiavone. Woo! We have... I'm um, excited. And we have an anniversary shout out. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, one year. So Michael and Claire are uh, dedicated listeners of the show and friends of ours. And actually, the first episode yeah. of Ono, Ross, and Carrie was partly recorded at Claire's house. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Woo! Woo Congratulations, Claire and Michael. Michael and Claire. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Ross is doing a weird jogging exercise I'm, I'm, right I'm now. Kind of like a train yeah, getting revved up. Very impressive. I'm pretty excited. Congrats, guys. Yay! And let's not forget our good friend Chip Worsinger. Thank you, Chip. Woo, Chip. That makes me a little hungry. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it really did. Or does it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're actually hungry. All right, well, let's wrap this up then. Let's let's give our ratings okay. of realism. All right. So, Ross. Yep. Taking into account that it is a movement based around the idea that aliens, alien scientists... We're developing these science experiments that got out of control and were too... They developed humans who were too like them and had to be shunned to another part of the, of the galaxy to create new humans, but they did it by sort of doing this quasi-evolutionary thing where they took, like, certain kinds of organisms and they added DNA and removed DNA until finally they got to humanity, and they passed by us in spaceships four times a year, kind of near Jupiter... Taking all that into account, what I, would I was you say? with you up until the end. <laughs> what would I say? What would you say is the pseudoscience rating of realism where 10 is something like completely unscientific? Uh, like, I don't, can you think of an example? Like, oh God, um, 
like you're you're made of goat sperm. <laughs> okay. It's ridiculous, That's right? Ridiculous. Or oh, you come uh, up with these things. One is something totally scientific, like the theory that uh, the theory of evolution. Oh wow! Okay, something that well established, which uh, of course they completely disbelieve in, uh, promoting intelligent design. Oh boy! Well, this is an interesting case because they are active cheerleaders of science. They mm. you say that as they see it. Yes. Th yes, they say how much they love science and they promote technology. And you can get a special Ryle Science newsletter that yes. will bombard your email. <laughs> you can. Yes. Information. I, I signed up for the Rail Science newsletter, which yeah, you can look up and receive if you want to, and they just send you kind of. Uh, news items that they've copied and lots. pasted lots of them yeah one day i got seven of them and i already get a lot of emails carrie i'll tell you what mm. yeah so on one hand they're all excited about new science on the other hand they have some very unscientific unfounded beliefs and so i want to put them in the goat sperm category i'm, I'm gonna throw them a bone i'm gonna give them an eight an eight okay very well <laughs> i'm gonna give them a nine okay yeah I mean, just most things they say, there's no reference to evidence at all. It's just... Yeah. Well, when there is science that... Well, I mean, this is true for all of these groups that we've been part of. When there is science that kind of supports or is consistent with mm -hmm. what they're interested in, with their stated goals, they're all for it. They're gung-ho. But, yeah, they, they really do go off the beaten path constantly mm -hmm. oh not just the beaten path I, I mean i think i'm being pretty generous giving them an eight <laughs> yes yeah i think you are yeah i'm gonna give them a nine at least i'm not gonna quite give them a 10 i don't even know why <laughs> now i want to give them a 10 <laughs> i was gonna try to come up with a reason yeah i guess i guess that's it i mean compared to some of these other groups where they not only don't believe in science but they actively are fighting science mm. like in the public arena yeah that just gets my goat <laughs> Uh, I guess so much that I want to save the 10 for them, even though that's not quite right. But I forgot to mention, I made a promise in the last episode saying I would explain this turtles all the way down thing mm. you know, where they say that we were created by an alien race. It was created by an alien race. It was created by an alien race and, and, and so that forth. And even our cells have little microcosm. Right. Yes. So that's the other dimension of it, that within our cells are whole other universes and that all of our universe is just, you know, attached to a molecule of some larger universe. Mm -hmm. And it goes infinitely up and down both ways as well. And out, yes. Yeah, which, you know, is uh, unprovable. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But you can say it. Your mouth can start removing and those sounds can come out. <laughs> See, yeah, I was able to put those <laughs> words together. Okay, moving on. Pocket drainer value. This is an amazing one, really. Yeah. I so would have expected... So on a scale where 10 is very draining, mm -hmm. like a cult that takes all your money. Mm -hmm. Not to name any. Yes. And then <laughs> one is a group that charges you a small amount and then gives you a gift certificate of the same amount. <laughs> How would you rate the Raelians? I would have to give them, well, based on our experience <laughs> yeah. again. A one, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. You get free stuff is what happens. Yeah, and they charged us so little. If you go more than once, the price jumps quite a lot. Right. So it was $35 for us each because it was our first seminar, and then they gave us a $35 gift certificate to their store. Ah. So, yeah, I mean, you come out on top, and then if you go to the meetings, they don't pass around a basket or anything, and you get food. So even if you haven't brought food, people will share with you. So you could kind of bank on realism. 
for a while. But again, I suspect things might change as time goes sure, on. Sure. Yeah. The the next Happiness Academy will cost you. And uh, you try to buy that uh, swanky jewelry, that'll mm-hmm. cost you too. Uh, Car- <laughs> I see you're wearing one there, Ross. Carrie got me this lovely Raelian oh, symbol. Oh, that appears to be a swastika. Well, it symbolizes the infinite, mm-hmm. and it is within the Star of David. My, my, my. You know what I love about this mm-hmm. is that it's really offensive. <laughs> and very expensive. It was. Well, yeah. I, I mean, this was the cheapest one, I'll tell you, Ross. Okay. This was the cheapest one. I think it was $45 still. That's fantastic. And, I'll wear... and you can feel that it's, it's not like it's flimsy, but it's not. I'll, I'll wear it to TAM. Everybody can find me there. The amazing meeting. Yeah, we'll be there in July. We should do some kind of like dinner or something. We should. Yeah. Our listeners should tell us what to do. Yeah. When, when do you want to meet with us? <laughs> tell us at TAM. Because I'm sure some of you are going to be at TAM. Yeah, totes. All right. So how about creepiness rating? Where one mm. is totally not creepy. Like you get a call from your grandmother and she just says she wants to hear how you're doing, Ross, and tell you about her new badminton set. Well, that would be from beyond the grave. So it would be kind of creepy. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so, how about <laughs> one is something <laughs> not that creepy. Okay, well, it's like... so not creepy that you just called me. <laughs> okay, okay. One is something not at all creepy, like your aunt. I have an aunt. Okay, <laughs> That she has a new box of starched white shirts for you that just look perfect that she pulled out of the attic that Grandpa used to own. That would be an improvement because my aunt just called me recently and told me I should re-register in the Republican Party so I can vote (laughs) in the primary. Sorry, I'd be very happy if she called me about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's one, right? Yes. Ten is something very, very creepy, like groups that may or may not promote incestuous fiddling <laughs> of little girls. On that scale, yeah, I'd, I'd say they're pretty creepy. I mean, everybody is friendly when you mm-hmm. talk to them, and and yet at the same time they're talking and they're singing about being happy for no reason I don't know. It almost seems like kind of a plastered on mm-hmm. happiness and conviviality. Mm-hmm. So that that's a little creepy on one level. And just another is I don't quite know what's going on in their heads. And there, there's just something about the movement itself. And, of course, the sexual undertones that do come across as creepy. Even though I'm all for, you know, people being sophisticated mm-hmm. and European mm-hmm. about their sexuality. <laughs> Right. Not not necessarily all German flavors of that. Well, font. it also feels like it's sexuality by fiat. It's not like just express what you want to do. It feels like you are supposed to behave in a particular way that yeah someone felt was and the best expression of sexuality. And even that becomes kind of clickish. You know, it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. It's just for the particularly well connected and good looking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It the whole enterprise did strike me as being rather creepy. So I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay pretty high on the creepiness scale Mm -hmm. i would say this is definitely the creepiest thing we've done so far of our investigations that's probably the highest score i've given so if we had never gone to the happiness academy i'd give them quite a low score i'd say well i'd I'd still say like a four or a five Mm because it's still just like 
so different from anything else you hear, and that kind of and can we, give you the willies. But. And we missed the big chunk of the Raelian Happiness Academy. That's true. We have heard some stories about things that happened the other days when yes. we were not there. Yeah, um, and we don't know if this happened or not, but supposedly there's a part where you look at your genitals with hand mirrors and masturbate around each other. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a great deal of fun but yeah it's fine (laughs) but anyway i felt creeped out every time very young women were singing to ryle yes oh i forgot about that yeah creepy and just every time i felt like and this is just my feeling i don't know if this is true but every time i felt like someone was being forced to express their sexuality the way someone else thought it was appropriate. Mm, okay. So on my personal how I felt creeped out, I would give it a very high score. I'd give it like a nine. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right, Ross. <laughs> yeah. What about what about the danger rating where one is something not at all dangerous, like mm. eating a cupcake Carrie gave you, which you just <sighs> recently did. Mm-hmm. Or 10 is something very dangerous, like walking through an alligator pond wearing a meat jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that, Lady Gaga. I'm going to say, well, just from my personal experience, I didn't feel any sense of danger. But, you know, I think we've heard enough of potential harm that I'm going to say, you know, I would be worried about someone getting heavily into the railing movement and then later on trying to get out and the repercussions of it. So I'm, I'm going to say a five mm-hmm. for the danger rating. How for about you? Your worry about danger. Yeah. My worry about danger, I think would be a little higher, like maybe a seven, but I'm not saying that it is that dangerous. I'm just saying that's how I would feel. Like you say, if a friend joined and really seemed into it and mm-hmm. like they were going to spend a lot of time in this group, I think I'd be kind of, worried for like, them. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. But that's all based on speculation. Yes. So, Carrie, one thing we uh, we don't run into that often is feedback from the people that we've investigated. Yeah. Well, well, we did with the Mormons. Yeah, and a little bit with the, your acupuncturist. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, that's right. true. Well, the Mormons themselves never said, like, hey, we listened to your podcast. Well, we kind of got it secondhand through. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. but, yeah, in this case... So, yeah, we received this email from Winston, who is the Los Angeles guide. And, uh, you know, we'd been talking to him for a long time at all the meetings that we would go to, though he wasn't at the Happiness Academy. Though afterwards, he invited us for a dinner. We had a really nice dinner. Mm -hmm. We drove down and and ate with him and asked him a bunch. food. Yeah. And we asked him a bunch of questions. And he was very, you know, forthright about giving answers and saying when he was speculating and all that. So, you know, we had Mm -hmm. a good working relationship with Winston. But then we got this one email where he says... Uh, Ross, can you call me? Or your... have Carrie call me. He like wrote it to, he, both he of sent us. it to both of us and then said, dear Ross, could you or Carrie call me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but kind of, anyway. Kind of yeah. Um, and gave his phone number. And so, uh, we kind of did uh, rock, paper, scissors and then decided, well, we should just both call him at the same right. time. So you dropped by mm-hmm. and, uh, we called him together and I don't know, how would you say he felt about the podcast? Not great, but he hadn't listened he to it. Hadn't actually listened to it. He just said, "What is this? I heard about uh, you. You have a show, right?" So, and um, and he he definitely felt misled. Yeah, they, they all felt misled. Uh, and you know, we had to talk a little bit about what undercover investigative reporting means. He was saying, like, kind of the nature of the beast. why didn't you just tell us? You know, it right. would have been no big deal if you just told us you were doing a show. And we said, "Well, you would have treated us differently, right?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. honestly, you know. 
just um, as I treat reporters differently when they call me. Right. Yep. So, you know, we were trying to get that experience. We told him a bit about what the show is and said, well, you know, do listen to it. And, you know, we are lighthearted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we make jokes, but, you know, we try to represent beliefs well. We, we spoke only positively of the people that we met. We like you a lot, mm-hmm. we said, because we do like Winston. Yeah, great yeah, great. And so he said, well, okay, I got to travel. I don't know. I'll look into it. So we're, we're still waiting to hear back from him. But we did invite him to come on the show. Which would be fantastic. Yes. Or somebody and, else from the group. And if he hears this or if anyone else does, we really mean it. I mean, we'd love to have them on. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll certainly give you a fair shake to uh, yeah. address our concerns and, and talk about... And you know, we have listeners with lots of questions, and we would certainly vet those to make sure they're kind and fair, but yeah. we, we have lots of, absolutely. So, lots of questions, and we'd also just really like to hear what they have to say. Open invitation. So, absolutely. anyways, hopefully they, they don't feel too uh, abused. Slighted, yeah. Yes. So finally, you know, if you want to join our list of very generous donors and help us do all these crazy investigations. And I think you do. I think you do. I think you want to hear more. Mm-hmm. You can go to ohnopodcast.com slash. Or actually, nope, that's it. No, just, just go there. No slash. <laughs> Leave off the slash. And click the donate button. That's it. Yep. And if you if you give us 20 bucks or more, you get a shout out. And if you give us 50 bucks or more, you get a haiku in your inbox. Or limerick. Over Limerick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to say. You know, tell if, us how to pronounce your name. Yeah. Unless you like us. Unless you want us to butcher yeah, your name and see yeah, maybe that's funny. how we will creatively interpret and it. And if we'll you want to write too. your last name twice and see if we'll actually say it, we will. We will. <laughs> we'll do it. You want to donate it to somebody else? Yeah. As we'll a gift? do that. Remember we prayed on air one time for a rabbit? I yeah. Mean, we'll do whatever you say. You <laughs> right. give us money and we will do it. <laughs> you got it. So, anyways, thank you again to all our donors. Really appreciate it. And our donors really, in particular, made this investigation possible. We could yes. not, we, we literally could not have afforded it on our own. This... And, and it was our donations that got us through. Well, that's it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton of Mr. Deity fame. Visit MrDeity.com to see more Mr. Deity and his new project, Way of the Mister. Remember, you can find us on the web at ohnopodcast.com or facebook.com slash onrack. And be sure to check out our pictures by liking us. You can also see our videos at youtube.com slash ohnoross and carry. But before we go, 